Hey, it's Cassidy. Welcome to another episode of Not Your Average. I'm stoked to have you here and grateful that you took time out of your day to click on this podcast. Today's guest is the lovely Patricia. She's a 20-year-old YouTuber who creates videos all about self-improvement and productivity. This episode, we really explored her creative journey and how she found her place on YouTube. We also went into the niche of her YouTube channel, Productivity, and talked a lot about hustle culture, comparison, self-discipline, and what she dislikes most about YouTube. Okay, we are going. (laughs) Yay. Okay. I'm so excited to be talking to you today. I'd love if first you could kind of intro yourself, talk a little bit about your YouTube channel, your blog, and just where you are in your life right now. My name is Patrice. I'm 19 years old, so I'm in between high school and college right now. I took a gap year after high school that was planned, so I wanted to take a gap year to like travel and do photography and just work on my own projects for some time. And then the second gap year was kind of less planned because I was supposed to go to Spain to study digital media and communications, but because of the whole situation with COVID, I figured it would be it would be best to just defer for another year. So one of the things that I've been working on throughout high school and throughout these two gap years is my YouTube channel and blog. So The Bliss Bean is a blog that I started in 2017 and then in 2018 I started making YouTube videos and for a while I've only been making YouTube videos and it mainly focuses on like habits and routines for productivity and like personal development and things like that. So right now it's a YouTube channel as well as a weekly newsletter and then I also post updates on Instagram. So that's been what has been occupying most of my time because I'm not currently going to school and just kind of like in this weird phase that we're all in. Chapter 1, my creative beginnings in blogging and YouTube and how I started making stuff to put out on the internet. I'm really excited, I guess, to kind of start from the very beginning of when you started making your own things and putting your creativity out there because you've definitely kind of find you've kind of found where you fit in, you found like what makes you happy within the creative space. And I feel like that's definitely a journey for any creative to kind of find where they fit in into this big world. So I guess, can you take me back to your very first blog? I know you had one when you were in seventh grade. Can you talk a little bit about that? So it was a assignment for our language arts class. And the idea was that we would post our writing assignments onto it and kind of like learn digital literacy at the same time. But because I always like to go above and beyond with things. I started like looking online and I saw that all these young people my age were doing really creative things with blogging and I basically would go to my teacher and she would have to approve every blog post that I put up but I'd be like I made this blog post about how I made chocolate truffles or this is a little like Christmas doodle post that I did. I think I kept that going through most of eighth grade and then just kind of fizzled out because school got overwhelming and I wasn't sure how to balance it and then kind of towards the middle of high school I I missed that having that creative outlet and so I again dabbled in some short-lived blogs but once I started the bliss bean that was the one that I took the most seriously and I was like really committed to uploading weekly blog posts. The content of Patricia's blog really evolved over time In seventh grade, she focused a lot on crafts and design. By the end of high school, she was writing a lot about health. And then from there, she evolved again into writing a lot about planning and organization. It's like slowly evolved alongside me as my interests have evolved. So I think blogging is a really nice way to explore your interests because even if you don't stick with it, you know that it wasn't really the right fit for you. So it was a good use of time to vlog about that thing. 
where was your confidence at in your creativity when you came into high school because I feel like finding your confidence in the creative space is like a journey within itself like learning how to one build the skills necessary to like produce what you want to produce and then also to kind of not compare yourself and actually feel like you do a good job and you bring something to the table I guess how did you like at this point when you were a freshman in high school how did you feel about your creativity at that point I would say my confidence with my creativity was pretty low I think one of the things that's like necessary to have confidence in your creativity is sort of like something to show for it so like at this point I feel pretty comfortable saying like I'm a creative because I can show that like I've run this photography business or that I have this YouTube channel and this blog and stuff like my my results are out there kind of whereas at the start of high school the only blog that I had had I had kind of let it fizzle out as I said because I just didn't know how to make time for it anymore and so that kind of felt like a failure to me not only did I never really succeed at like building up a readership for it but I also just gave up on it. I've definitely felt that too where I've had passion projects that I've started that maybe I had like a big vision for when I was really young and then like didn't pan out that way because I probably I didn't have the skills number one and I also like just wasn't as committed to it and I definitely feel that of like how sometimes you can feel like a failure with your creativity which is like interesting to think about this concept of like failure within the creative space what tips would you give to someone who like feels that right now like maybe they've put in years of work on something and it hasn't panned out or they've lost passion for it and they kind of feel like i wasted my time on that that was a failure that was a waste of my time I do think one thing to look at if you're just if you've just been like grinding for a few years and nothing is really happening, I think my blog never would have grown had I not started making YouTube videos. So I feel like sometimes there is some like course correction that is needed. If I had just kept writing blog posts, I don't think I would have grown an audience, but YouTube as a platform, I think was way more popular than blogging at the time and I think blogging is kind of like going downwards a little bit whereas I feel like YouTube is staying pretty steady and so for me it was like I needed to channel my creativity onto another platform and there I was able to find success otherwise like me at the beginning of high school I wasn't really doing anything creative I wasn't pursuing any projects and so that's why I felt kind of like a failure as a creative person like I wanted to say that I was a blogger or a creative but I wasn't really doing anything to like back up my words and so I think at the end of the day like even if you don't feel confident in your skills the only way they're going to develop is if you do something so just create something and put it out there. Were there other moments? I know you mentioned that you took video and photo classes and you also started your blog and your YouTube channel in high school. What were some other moments that were big for you in building your confidence? Yeah, so one of the things I did in high school was I did this media internship and probably the biggest part of my job there was to make and produce like these little documentaries. Um, and one of the documentaries I made was about a school event, and I thought it would be a good thing to show on the school news. But at that point, I had not been involved with the school news in any way. I barely knew the video teacher. I had just taken a photography class with him, but I was a freshman, so I was very, like, as I said, not confident with my creativity, so I barely talked to him. I just, like, got my work done and got out of there. So he didn't really know me, and so out of the blue, I was just emailing him, like, hey, can I put this video on the school news? And he was probably like, who is she? Um, so then once the video was finished, I sent it to him, and he replied, like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Like, come in during lunch. We need to talk about this. And that really gave me such a boost because, like, he's the video teacher. So for him to say that I did a really good job on, like, producing and filming and editing this all by myself just meant so much to me. And then throughout the rest of high school, I would say he was, like, a big part of my creative journey. Um, so as I was working on my YouTube channel in high school, I really had 
didn't have much confidence in it. Like I was just keeping it to myself and not telling many people about it and just putting out videos week after week, but feeling a little bit discouraged because I wasn't seeing much results. But he was so supportive of it. And I still remember like one day in class when he just randomly pulled up my YouTube channel and he was like, Patricia, this is so amazing. Like all of your videos are so high quality and all of your thumbnails look so good. And uh, it just means so much to me. Like that day still stands out in my memory um, because I really needed that to like keep me going. It was difficult. It was getting really difficult to balance making YouTube videos with school and getting difficult to justify it when I nothing was coming from it. So for him to say that like you're on the right path, like your videos are awesome, just keep going. Um, that really was the exact motivation that I needed. I guess since you've been in the blog space in some form or fashion for so long, what have you learned about blogging and like what tips would you give to someone who's interested in starting a blog and interested in like really pursuing it from a business perspective? Well, I guess the main advice that I give to anyone is to just start. Because like personally, my growth with my blog and with my YouTube channel was really, really slow in the beginning. And so if I had gotten discouraged and given up, then I wouldn't have gotten to where I am now. And then in that same vein, it's also really important to actually be interested in what you're blogging about. Because if you're not really seeing results, then the only thing that's going to keep you going is the fact that you're like passionate about what you're writing and making videos about. I think one more like business related tip would be to just try and like build an audience first before you think about how to monetize that audience, especially with like once bloggers eventually decide to create something and sell something or like do courses or things like that. I think that really should not be the first step that you think about. The first step is always building an audience who like actually wants to listen to what you have to say before you try and sell them something. And even if you do try to sell them something, I think it's really important to offer a lot for free anyways. Chapter two, how I started the Bliss Bean and carved out my own space on YouTube. And can you talk more about the start of your YouTube channel? Like, when did you start it in your high school career? And what kind of was your goals and mindset going into starting a YouTube channel? So I started my YouTube channel in April of 2018. And that's why I say, like, if you ever want to do something creative, like, seriously, just start it. Even if you think it's, like, not a good time to start it the best time is probably now so april 2018 was maybe one of the busiest months of my life where it was like getting ready for ip exams and organizing this big event that i've been planning for a year and just oh the fbla state competition was that month like literally everything was that month and then i thought why not start a youtube channel this month on top of that um i'm i want to have more sleep deprivation and more stress it ended up turning out really well though, like I was just glad that I started. It was definitely really confusing in the beginning because I just had no idea how YouTube worked, how filming a YouTube video worked, how you were supposed to like comfortably talk to a camera when you were alone in the room. So it was definitely a struggle and a lot of my first videos like turned out a little blurry because I wasn't sure how to focus the camera on myself, the audio quality wasn't great. Like everything was just kind of a little bit of a mess but gradually it was through making those videos that I was able to practice and improve. Yeah, and what was your first YouTube video? And like, have you watched it recently? Like what's, what's your thoughts on like very early stage beginning you on YouTube? The only videos that I feel comfortable watching are like kind of the mid like the middle of my YouTube timeline. I don't feel comfortable watching my early videos because they sucked. Let's get started. I guess we're gonna start with fact number one. This is my first YouTube video. I think I've posted two other things on this channel at this point, um, but those were just like travel diaries that I wanted to post on my blog. This is my first actual YouTube video. 
and I don't like watching my recent videos because it's just like too fresh in my memory. I don't want to look at that. Welcome back to the Wispian. It's finally the end of 2020 and 2021 isn't looking much better. In general, I do really like New Year's though, but I recently was looking at some of my like a year ago videos and that was actually really entertaining. Like I felt distanced enough from it, but I also didn't feel embarrassed about the quality of the videos. Hello and welcome back to the Wispian. Today's video is on self-care and I wanted to start by sharing a little success story from my life. I have not slept without setting an alarm for I don't know how long. The very first video was a 40 facts about me video and I think I recently did look a little bit at it because I was making like a video to recap my blogging story to like celebrate 100,000 subscribers. So as you may have noticed, I hit 100,000 subscribers very recently. And honestly, maybe it's a little bit extra to be celebrating 100K because it's, it's not a million, but I do think it's important to celebrate your accomplishments because I worked hard on this and I think I deserve some cake and some art and a video reviewing my blogging journey, right? So I included a little clip of that, but I think that was all I watched because in general, I don't want to watch those old videos. <laughs> and you talked about kind of how in high school when you had just started your youtube channel kind of feeling embarrassed or like insecure about it and not really wanting other people to know i guess why did why do you think you felt that way i guess part of it was i felt like it was very um, very cliche i don't know if that's the right word to like want to be a youtuber and i didn't want people to see it like see the very beginning stages of it and be like Oh, look at her, like, trying to be a YouTuber. <laughs> like, this is gonna go nowhere. <laughs> and I also just wasn't confident in the quality of the videos, so that was another thing. I mean, honestly, if I was still, like, in school, if I was still going in high school, I probably still would feel a little uncomfortable with people with talking about it to my peers. Now that I'm out of high school, it's much easier to have a YouTube channel because I just... There's like not as many people's opinions that I have to care about. But while I was still in high school, I tried to keep it on the down low. I do remember there was like one day towards the end of senior year where someone, I think everyone was like not doing any work because it was one of our last days. And so they were filming a TikTok or something. And they were like, Patrice, come get in this TikTok. And I was like, I don't really want to. I'm actually working on homework right now. Thank you. <laughs> um, and then this other girl was like, no, she does actually like being on camera. She has her own YouTube channel. And then like the whole class's conversation turned to YouTube. And I was just like, nope, let's not do this. Let's not do this. And this one guy was like, what's it called? What's it called? I want to see it. And I just, I didn't even say anything. I just like went back to doing my homework. <laughs> yeah, I could feel that though. Kind of like worrying about the opinions of others when it in terms of like starting a youtube channel because it does have this i don't know like being a youtuber or starting a youtube channel it's not like a bad reputation but i feel like around young people our age it's it's like cliche but at the same time i don't know anyone that started one i don't know it's weird i guess maybe it's because it's like our generation it's like kind of this weird I don't know, like, how would you describe that? Because I've never met someone, like, there was no one at my high school that was a YouTuber. But I definitely get what you're saying of, like, if someone told me in high school, like, oh, I'm a YouTuber, I'd be like, uh, another one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're everywhere, gosh. Um, I think maybe the reason why it's uncomfortable to, like, say that you're a YouTuber or you want to be a YouTuber, I feel like that's kind of associated with wanting to be famous. Because like, if you want to be a successful YouTuber, that just implies that a lot of people are watching you. And so I would feel very uncomfortable if someone were like, what do you want to be when you grow up? I would feel uncomfortable saying, I want to be famous. But saying that you want to be a YouTuber kind of implies that same thing. Not 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 that many people that I knew were trying to do YouTube YouTube channels, but it felt like this cliche path, which doesn't make any sense. Like, and actually, for our school newspaper, they would do like a senior issue every June, and we would just have a bunch of like fun surveys, like where's everyone going to college, um, where does everyone see themselves in five years, um, just like looking back at our favorite memories. 
And one of the surveys they sent out was like a superlatives thing. And one of the superlatives was most likely to be a YouTuber. And I did not win that. And I was a little bit upset about that. And since I was part of the newspaper, I was one of the people who helped them like format it. And so I had access to all the results. And I went into the spreadsheet and I was like, okay, why did I not win this? Who are these people voting for? <laughs> and so that was how I found out about like the one other person at my school who was um, trying to do a YouTube channel. Um, but otherwise, it just was not a common thing at my high school, at least. So I think it's really important whenever you're trying to like pursue something and you feel like you're a little bit like maybe of an outsider following a different path for doing that is just to like go online because when I'm online like on Instagram or on YouTube I see so many people my age like running YouTube channels and trying to do what I'm doing and so then I feel very motivated and I don't feel alone anymore. The high school like ecosystem can be very small so just expanding your community out into the internet can be really really helpful and encouraging. I feel like that's so good that you've had so many moments in your career, whether it's like your video teacher kind of encouraging you or winning at the FBLA competition or getting your silver play button from YouTube. I feel like you've had so many affirmational moments that have kind of been very big and like kind of pointing you in that direction despite maybe the struggles of like growing your YouTube channels or maybe the uncertainty that you had at other points, but kind of these other moments that were like, whoa, you're doing something right. You're doing something right. Like what has been a very high high for you in your YouTube career thus far? I mean, I guess getting like the silver play button was definitely exciting. Like it's just, it's really awesome to have like a tangible representation of the work that you've put into it and also just because I don't think for a long time I ever even envisioned that as a possibility for my channel ever and in terms of figuring out my style that's something I still struggle with and I feel like I haven't figured out my style there's always going to be just in influences in life like you you can't avoid all media and so there's always going to be something influencing my personal style and so I, I feel like I haven't been able to find mine. Maybe my viewers would disagree. I don't know how they would define my personal style, but I feel like it just keeps changing and maybe eventually it'll settle on something. But honestly, I think it's like as a viewer watching another content creator, I think it's cool to see their style evolve. So maybe it's also interesting to my viewers to like see how my editing style evolves. And what's the silver play button? Is that like how many subscribers is that? That's for a hundred thousand. And then the next one is the gold one at a million. So basically like this is going to be the only award I'm going to get for a while. <laughs> so it means a lot to me. Yeah, I guess. What do you think the measure of success is when it comes to YouTube? Like, how do you define success for yourself? I've always just been really interested in like entrepreneurship and doing something of my own. And so basically from the beginning, even if I didn't really expect my channel to ever grow, I always had in the back of my mind, like it would be nice if this could be my job because I really enjoy doing it. And so doing that like as my job just seemed like a dream. Like as we talked about, it's it's never gonna be 100% fun, but in terms of jobs to me, YouTube seemed like, as fun as it could get, how my channel was doing financially was definitely a metric of success for me. And it wasn't until March that I started doing sponsorships. And uh, I would say like my AdSense revenue started going up around that time as well. And so it became very exciting and like motivating because I was like, if I just like get my numbers up a little more, like I could turn this into a full time job. And then it just would be so awesome to like do something I love as my job. And then, like, having followers and subscribers is also a metric, but not as much, like, in terms of the numbers, but more, like, how much people engage with you. It was just so cool to, like, see the community grow, and that definitely made me feel like I was successful. There definitely is a lot of boundaries that you have to set because, like, chasing YouTube success can 
definitely like take a toll on mental health. So there was one point in time when I was so excited about my channel growing that I was checking like YouTube Studio Analytics multiple times a day. And that was so bad for me because when you open it and it's doing well, then yeah, it's a great little mood boost. But if it's not doing well, then it just kind of distracts you for the rest of the day and it brings you down and there's just no reason for that. So you kind of have to like, one, build up a little bit of resilience to that and trust that just because a video didn't perform well doesn't mean that future videos won't, but also just check that kind of stuff way less. So at this point, I just check my analytics once a week when I'm like updating my little spreadsheet of numbers and then like comparing yourself to other YouTubers. I pretty much have stopped watching YouTube partly because I'm really afraid of like their um, creative styles or editing styles influencing how I make my videos like subconsciously not like um, intentional plagiarism but like literally I got a comment on one of my videos that said you can tell she watches best dressed and I have not even watched her channel in a long time because I'm afraid of copying her style but I did watch her channel a lot in the past and so like yeah it made an influence on me I feel like that's unavoidable um, and so there were things from that that like rubbed off onto my style but now I'm so afraid of that happening and, and like of people accusing me of copying someone's style that I just avoid consuming YouTube content altogether. But then another side of that is like the comparison where I just don't want to compare myself to how other channels are doing because like sometimes if I do go on YouTube and like I see a channel that arguably puts less effort into their videos but like they're performing much better, I'm just like, why? Like, what am I doing wrong? And that, that is not a good emotion to feel. It's, it's like, it's not helpful either. And so really, I just try to like focus on my own channel and on making the best videos that I can. I feel like even if you could say, okay, that's not a huge deal. I feel like it kind of is in a way not be able to enjoy YouTube on a viewer level anymore. One thing that I've felt a little bit of guilt in the past about before is the fact that I like I put videos out there and I expect people to watch them but I myself don't watch other people's videos but then I kind of just had to like think about it a little more and be like okay just because you consume a certain type of con or just because you create a certain type of content doesn't mean you have to consume it like I read books but I don't write books and I watch movies but I don't make movies at the end of it, I arrived at the conclusion that there's nothing wrong with making YouTube videos and not watching them. Like, that's just what I need to do for my mental health, I guess. I guess, like, while you were in high school and you were making these YouTube videos and you kind of talked about how you weren't seeing a lot of success in the very beginning, what kept you going? It's not like a regular job where you can work your way up a ladder. It's very unpredictable. Like, you don't know when people will find you. You don't know how many followers you'll have, like, a year down the line. But I guess what kept you going and, like, what advice would you give to someone that's in the early stages and is struggling with, like, why isn't, why aren't people following me? Like, why isn't this growing as much as I wanted it to? I would avoid number goals, especially in the beginning. The number of followers you have is not a reflection of the quality of work that you're putting out. A lot of times it's way more the reflection of like how the algorithm is treating you. If you set a number goal and you don't end up reaching it, that can be very discouraging and it doesn't mean that you're doing something wrong. I did try to set number goals when I was starting out and that's why like I give this advice now because it was very discouraging to me. I remember flipping through an old notebook of mine and I think I wrote a goal of like reach 200 subscribers by the end of this month and then I was doing my monthly review and writing like nope didn't reach that. That was way too high of a goal to set. <laughs> why did I think 200 was reasonable? But yeah in the beginning less about numbers and I think you really just have to enjoy the process. So for me, the the whole process of like uploading a video is just so satisfying. There are definitely parts of the creative process that aren't super great. I think that's unavoidable. There's always gonna be parts that you don't like or there's always gonna be stages of a project where you don't feel confident in it. I feel like every single time I make a video, it's like this up and down of, oh, I have this great idea 
and then the filming doesn't go well. But then I look at the footage and maybe it's pretty good. And then I start editing and no, I don't like it. But then it's kind of looking good. And it's just this roller coaster of emotions and you just have to ride that out. And always by the end of it, when I click upload, I'm like really excited to put another video out there. So that was basically what kept me going was that I just really liked making the videos and building something Chapter three, the one where we get philosophical and ask the big questions. I feel like when I was younger, I, I don't know if you feel this, but when I was younger, I always thought like, if it's your dream job, if something's your dream job, like you love every part of it. I think with like the term dream job or like, kind of these very magical labels people put on certain careers it's easy to think okay like you must love every part of that you must be like happy at every part of that and if I'm not content at every part that means that it's not actually for me do you feel like you had that or is that just me <laughs> well first of all what you're describing have you ever read big magic by Elizabeth Gilbert <laughs> Because I was like, hmm, that sounds awfully familiar to something I read in this one book. <laughs> um, so in that book, she talks about the shit sandwich, which is the part of a career that you don't like. And so she basically says that every career is going to have parts of it that you don't like, but you just have to pick the one that you are willing to eat the shit sandwich for. So like high school is obviously challenging academically and in terms of extracurriculars, but it was also fun in a way like it it's fun to overcome those challenges and like come out on the other side and be like yeah studying for this sucked and it was really difficult but I got these good grades to show for it and I'm so proud of myself and so I think that was kind of my learning experience throughout high school was learning that um, what in the moment may be unpleasant and stressful will eventually turn into something that is like more satisfying there's something I've been thinking a lot about like during quarantine just because we have so much alone time so I can get into philosophical topics to think about but I was thinking kind of like about the layers of happiness if that makes sense so like I would say there's the very surface level where it's like how are you feeling in this very moment and that kind of surface level can be satisfied with stuff like going on your phone and scrolling through social media or like eating something that tastes really good like just pure in the moment pleasure and then I would say there's like a second layer where it's more like you feel like you're creating things and just like accomplishing things and that feels really good. And then probably the third layer would just be like overall like your satisfaction with life and how you feel like you're doing in life. And so I realized that a lot of the times, yeah, there's that first layer, but it's just like meaningless. I think those getting through those struggles gives your life a lot more meaning and so even if a job is like difficult in ways and there's parts of it that you have to get through that you don't like ultimately I think that's more satisfying than I don't know what sort of job would be a hundred percent fun but I also feel like that job might not be the most um satisfying in the long term I love how quarantine really makes you get philosophical at points. You're like in your room all the time, alone all the time, and your brain is just like, let's analyze this in a very deep way. But I feel like this conversation also kind of relates to, I remember I watched one of your videos that was about motivation versus self-discipline. And kind of the balance between those two and how like there might be times when you're really in the flow and you're really on fire for something, a project you're working on. But then there's other times where you're not feeling it, <laughs> but you got to like demonstrate discipline. I guess what tips would you give to someone around that topic of like discipline and self-motivation? I definitely would not say that you should always, always like push through those moods where you're not feeling creative or anything because sometimes you do just need to like stop and take a break. But in general, I would say the most helpful thing to like rely less on motivation is creating structure and routine for yourself. Like I talked about with sticking with YouTube and making weekly videos, even though nothing was really happening. 
like that was because I created the structure for myself where I said I would upload every weekend or I would upload every Friday. I would usually like film and edit that during the weekend and stuff. So I had this schedule where things almost happen automatically. And that's kind of like the technique that I apply to a lot of my life. During quarantine, what I've been doing is like in the morning, the first thing, the first things that I will work on are like planning videos or writing scripts, like things that are really creative and take up a lot of my energy. Um, because I know that if I leave that for the end of the day, I'll just be too tired, unmotivated, and I won't do it. But if I establish this pattern where I'm doing it every morning, then it just happens so naturally. Like I wake up, I do my morning routine, and I go to the table and start writing. Just putting a time on my calendar to do that creative stuff has helped me to really make sure that it actually gets done. Do you ever feel like, because this is something I've thought about, that like calendars and like planning everything, do you ever feel like that takes out the spontaneity of life when you're kind of living by a calendar? Because that's, I feel like that's something that I've recently been thinking about is like, what's a good use of calendars in my life like what type of level do I want to be on like do I want to be extreme do I want to like barely use a calendar I guess have you ever felt that that it kind of takes the spontaneity away when you're like planning everything yeah it's definitely a balance generally if I'm trying to block out my day It'll usually be just the morning because those are like my most productive hours. And so I want to make sure I'm using that to the max. But then the evening is kind of more free flowing. Since my content is about productivity, like this is the biggest question that I always have to grapple with is like, am I taking the productivity thing too far? Because at the end of the day, it's not productivity for the sake of being productive. It's productivity so that like, you can get stuff done and have time for the important things in your life. And so if you're like filling up your entire calendar to the point where there is no room for like hanging out with friends and with family and doing um, participating in your hobbies or whatever, then that kind of defeats the purpose of productivity. I don't know if this is just with our generation or if this is like society at large, but I feel like there's this very like hustle hustle culture and I feel like productivity can sometimes become really unhealthy and kind of go extreme if you let it of like never feeling satisfied with where you are like in your career always like wanting more like feeling like you always have to be doing something like because I feel like that's something that a lot of people struggle with is like not being able to just relax and always feeling like bad about it because that's something I've struggled with of like sometimes feeling like oh I should be doing this like I should be working towards those goals right now so it's like productivity is such a complex topic that I feel like I wonder what your thoughts on it are and like what your journey has been as someone who dedicates your channel to a lot of that the, the further you dive into it, the more complicated it gets. So yeah, in high school, productivity seemed like a pretty simple thing to me. Just like, here, you have to do all this homework this evening. How are you going to get it all done? You have to be very productive and get the stuff done. Productivity is can only be like applied and implemented after you've like got the foundation of your life kind of set. And so what I mean by that is like, in high school, sometimes I would be really productive and like using up all my time and working efficiently, but what was I working on? Like, there were definitely things that I committed to in high school that I didn't really want to do. I just did it because like that was what was expected or um, I didn't want to disappoint other people or like trying to look good for college applications, which was like, but I think now I'm trying to understand more that Productivity is like the tool that you use to um, act on what you decide is the most important to you. So if you don't know what is most important to you, then productivity is only just going to like burn you out and get all this meaningless stuff done. At the end of the day, like productivity isn't a value. It's just like a method to or you're attempting to organize your life more so that you can 
put more time towards your values, but productivity isn't the value itself. I guess another thing I've wondered about your YouTube channel and you is like, you make a lot of content around, I guess your channel kind of focuses on self-development and like kind of self-improvement. Do you ever feel like, or have you ever felt like you've had to be perfect as someone who's kind of making videos around how to be a better self for a recent like question and answer video someone asked me what's your most and least favorite part of being a youtuber and i probably like answered it way more philosophically than what they were looking for (laughs) um they were probably wondering like oh like talking to a camera is your least favorite part or something but i said my least favorite part was that my online self will never be like an accurate reflection of who I actually am and what I meant with by that was like because it's a productivity and personal development channel like those are the kinds of videos that I'm going to post on there but that doesn't mean that that is everything that my life is about and so I often feel like people get this wrong idea about me because they'll they'll send me questions like how are you so productive all the time? Or does it ever get tiring to be productive all the time? And I'm just like, well, I'm not productive all the time. Like that is, I try to share different sides of myself on my channel, but it's difficult to like accurately represent myself. I always like worry about like what I'm telling people and what's actually going on in my life. One of the things that I think is really difficult to balance, I think everyone or a lot of people want to share like the, less happy sides of life to create like a more realistic image on social media but for me at least the challenging thing about that is i am most motivated to post and create content and like engage with social media when i'm feeling happy and motivated and so that makes it difficult to share those like um less productive or less happy moments just because i don't want to be on social media during those moments and so the that creates like a very Um, skewed depiction of what my day-to-day life is like. Do you have any videos that you feel like are not centered around necessarily like teaching someone, teaching your audience a skill or um, a habit around productivity or self-development, but that you think shows you and is a true reflection of like your personality? I'm looking right now through like my archive, but um I've done like decluttering videos and so in those videos I don't really try to like teach how to declutter with my channel I don't want all of my videos to be like teaching something because I think there's also some value in just being like this is how I choose to do things and like maybe you can pick up some tips from this but at the end of the day like I'm not saying that this is the only right method to do it I remember I had one like day in the life video where the day that I was filming that I just got like really unmotivated in the evening and I spent some time on my phone and so I tried to be honest about that. I was like, yeah, I was really productive in the morning and then in the evening I just went on my phone and scrolled for an hour. But then here's how like I tried to get myself back to feeling better. And so trying to like balance uh, the, the productivity and positive sides of things and being honest about when I'm struggling, but then also like here's how I try to get back to feeling better so that maybe it'll help you when you're struggling. Chapter four, my post high school gap year and how it was affected by COVID-19. So you graduated from high school in 2019? Okay. (laughs) Amazing. And you decided to take a gap year, as you kind of said in your intro. Can you talk about like what went into that decision? As I said, I don't remember what at what point in time I decided I didn't want to go straight to college. But for me, taking a gap year just felt pretty natural. My family's from Lithuania. So for my parents, it was a very, very like normal thing and they definitely encouraged me to take a gap year, but there definitely was some feeling of like wondering if I'm really doing the right thing because there just weren't that many people around me 
also deciding to take a gap year. But I had multiple reasons that I wanted to take one. So for one, I wasn't entirely sure if like media and communications was the major that I wanted to go for. So I wanted some some free time to just like explore some projects independently and see how I ended up liking them. Uh, so one of the things I did was I did freelance photography, which I did like in the summer and fall. I also really wanted to travel. So I did some traveling in Europe in November and December. And then the and then COVID began. So I canceled the rest of my travel plans. But I was working on my YouTube channel throughout the entire experience. And uh, it was in March of this year that my channel really started to grow. And because I was at home with pretty much nothing else to do, I had a lot of time to dedicate to it and just try to grow it more and more. So even though my gap year didn't go the way that I thought it would go, I'm really, really happy with how it turned out and I wouldn't change anything about it because I know that if I had gone straight to college, I probably would not have had time to continue making YouTube videos. I probably would have regretted it in the future. What has been the biggest thing or some of the biggest things you've learned from your gap year? And kind of, you talked about the high school ecosystem and how it's really good to kind of get out of that bubble and that you've been able to kind of find a community on the internet. I guess what have been some things that have been meaningful during this gap year? So I definitely like got clear on what was actually important to me. Um, and part of that was like relationships, like with my family and friends. I mean, now it sucks that I can't see my friends much, but especially with my family, I feel like this year has really improved my relationships with them and spending more time with them because during high school, like oftentimes you, you leave in the morning and you get back in the evening and then it's like dinner and homework until you go to bed. And so you barely end up seeing your family. But my gap year really made me appreciate being at home more and like just the value of that support system, especially when I was traveling. I got so homesick and just missed being taken care of. And so it was a really awesome experience. And like, it was an adventure and it helped me become more independent, but it was also valuable in that it made coming home so much sweeter and it made me appreciate how nice it is to like have your family there and have a home base that you can come home to. I feel like I really got clear on like what the role of college in my life is. Um, so like right now I decided to defer for another year, even though I could have gone and done like the blended learning where it's half online, half in the classroom, I realized that I wasn't really going to college for that, for the degree, I guess, but more for like the experience of meeting people in my field and having that experience of independence and honestly just like learning things. Like learning is fun if you're interested in what you're learning about. And so realizing that that was the role that I wanted college to play in my life um, was very different from like the messages that I was surrounded with in high school, but I needed to know what it was for me rather than for everyone else. There's this huge pressure to kind of right after high school go straight to college and you not really give yourself time to reflect on like why, like you said, why am I going to college? Like why am I choosing to study what I want to study? What do I want to get out of my college experience? And I feel like that is something really important to like reflect on before taking so much time on that. When people talk about college, they talk about it as a just a purely financial investment. Like you're going to pay money now in order to earn more in your career in the future. Like that's it. End of story. But it's like, well, maybe college is also about like the the personal growth and like learning just I don't know how to be a human being and like enjoy learning and I don't know so I think in high school we heard a lot more of the financial side of things and not enough about just like college is an important per an important experience in you like developing as a person and also I feel like these days careers are just changing at such a rapid pace where it's like co going to college doesn't necessarily guarantee that you'll be able to get a career in your field and there are also like new fields popping up like 
I would definitely say YouTube is one where you don't really need a college education to do it. So then your definition of like why you're going to college has to also change. How do you look back on your creative journey and your journey so far thinking back on like when you were in seventh grade and you were doing that blog to like now where you are making youtube videos and have found success on that i guess how do you think about your journey honestly i'm just like really proud of myself because i remember with my first blog i just felt really disappointed in how it was doing because the other like young bloggers that I was following um, seemed to just have a lot more readers and a lot more success or I don't know how I defined success when I was in seventh grade, but I just wondered why I couldn't get there with my blog. I remember reading this one blog post where um, this girl was like giving tips for beginner bloggers and she was, she said something like, you have to stick with it in the beginning. Like it took me a month to get to 100 followers or something like that. And I just felt so discouraged reading that because it took me way longer. And so I was like, if that's how long it took you and like you're saying that was a long time, like why is mine growing so slowly? And so I felt like I could, I would never be able to really grow something. But I guess after I stuck with it long enough, I was able to do that. Um, and now like I look back like I've tried to do a little online stalking and find find those um, bloggers that I used to read when I was younger and like a lot of them aren't blogging anymore um, and so it just it just kind of reminds you that like everyone's on their own journey and everyone's going at a different pace and um, you, you really can't compare yourself to anyone else because it's just like it's you're at different points of your journey. It's not comparable. Thank you so, so much for listening to the very end of this episode. If you enjoyed hearing from Patricia, be sure to check out her YouTube channel. I'll have the name in the podcast description. And if you're feeling generous on this lovely day, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. A sweet one, please. And that's all I got for you. See you in the next episode. Bye!